Uh, it's really great to be with you all this morning. Um, so just give you a little bit of context about us in case you didn't know. We've been missionaries for the last 10 years and had just had the privilege of cruising around the world seeing some unbelievably amazing stuff that Jesus is doing all over the place. And uh, what a privilege it's been. And so um, we're still doing that. We're still cruising around and uh, we're at different churches all the time and uh, different events and stuff like that. But Probably, actually, right about the time that our son was born, he's four, just turned four last week. Last week? Yeah. I know my son's birthday. So, um, yeah, about four years ago, this uh, is kind of an adoption advocacy group called us up and said, hey, would you come down and play some music for a fundraiser? They said, it's not a Christian thing. You know, it's a general market thing. So just learn some love songs or something like that. You'll be fine. Well, at that point, I knew two U2 songs and a Keith Urban song, and I was out. I got nothing else after that. So anyway, we, we had to go practice a bunch of music, and uh, we got down there. The idea was that we were going to play behind the, the dinner, so we weren't going to be like playing a concert or anything, and we felt very comfortable with that. So we rolled up there, checked out the flyer when we got there, and it said, special concert, Dave and Tara Powers at the bottom, at which point I peed my pants promptly, and uh, we, we ran out of the hallway. It was like, oh, no. And so good. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was totally cool with being lousy that night. So anyway, um, we came back in and had a total blast. It was so fun playing all this music and everything. And uh, it kind of kicked into, into gear a journey um, where we ended up last year in December uh, starting a band called Mountain City. So the purpose of this thing is uh, we write love songs. We're just a, a duo and we, um, we write love songs about each other. So half the time we're staring at each other in the eyeballs, kind of like one of those things, you know. One of these things. You know, that type of thing. <laughs> Nervous laughter, good. Very good. What does that mean? So, um, <laughs> you know what it means. <laughs> That's right, she does. So, um, so anyway, we've been just playing in all these general market venues and uh, singing love songs and been seeing God do some pretty incredible stuff in the middle of all of it. And so when Jeff said, hey, don't just do worship, do a couple of the songs you've been doing in these general market venues and all that stuff, it's, we're just going to sing a couple of love songs for you this morning, if that's okay. And if it's not okay, you're going to have to suck it up because I'm doing it anyway. Or they could just exit. Oh no, they're getting love songs. Lock the doors, quick. Just kidding. <laughs> So this, this particular one, this first one that we're going to uh, play for you is called Being With You. And um, kind of hilarious, we're on a songwriting retreat. We're cruising down the road. I think I said something stupid. She was like, what did you just say? And I was like, oh, Jiminy, I think I may have some, said something just stupid. Anyway, our conversation elevated, rather escalated, into some pretty gnarly conversation. Um, there wasn't yelling and screaming, but definitely gnashing of teeth, you know? So... Um, it got pretty, pretty uh, heated in the car. And we're on our way to do a songwriting thing about love songs. So it's kind of like, this is, we just turn the car around, go grab our kids from the babysitters. And uh, we ended up pulling over on the side of the road and actually working stuff out. Uh, having a conversation, and to our best ability anyway, humbling ourselves and just saying, okay, uh, you know, sorry. Uh-oh, we got to learn how to say that if we're married. Heck, if you're not married, you got to learn how to say that. you got to learn how to humble yourself. It'll get you a long way. 
in life. So anyway, we walk up to our friend's backyard, jump up onto their back porch that's overlooking this golf course, and about 20 minutes later, this song pours out. So just listen to the words, because it's hilarious. It's very contrasting to the mayhem that was going down in the car just minutes before. Spouses and actually going, you know, we don't always agree eye to eye, but it's you. I love you. I chose you. And the gratefulness. And that's how the song came out, I would say. Wisdom. Better spoken than I did. Uh, come on now. I didn't need that much agreement. Come on. up here about which ones to do because we've got so many juicy songs. Do you guys want to hear one more? Three. Oh, good. <laughs> Sweet. And then I'll preach for two hours. This will be great. 
Somebody just threw up in the back. You want to do this one? Oh, I'd love to do this one. It'd be muy, muy fabuloso. Okay, so this song is definitely a newer song, and... We're recording we it have, this week, actually. Yeah, this week we're going to record this. It's, we have it's not a done it very often in front of people, but... This was a song, seriously, that God... Sometimes songs take a long time to write. Um, you go rewrite, rewrite, rewrite. It just... I don't know if any of you are songwriters, but it can take a long time to write a song because you trash things and you add things. But this song was one that just kind of came to me, um, and it was a gift. I very much view it a gift from God. And then I showed it to Dave, and he made it even better. So Holy Spirit had a little part for him to put into it as well. So hope you enjoy it. It's official. I like the woman. <laughs> I like him too. 
we're learning it's so cool. We're learning as we sing about love and even the songs that God's giving us about love that it is worship unto Him. I'm kind of, I'm learning to step out of kind of that religious thing that um, I kind of have always grown up with and it's been really cool. It's been just an opening to go, oh my goodness, I can worship God with these songs. And it's songs for my husband and about love, but it brings healing and all kinds of really cool things when we sing. So anyway, thanks for letting us share that. (laughs) Can you give my sweetie a hand here? Yeah, that's good stuff right there, man. Hey, you did good. Okay, this morning we're going to do, uh, we're just going to, I'm going to talk for about three hours. It'll be no big deal. Uh, Dobzy, could you come up and uh, play for me, bro? I uh, wanted to introduce our band to you. This is our friend Dobzy. Everybody say hi, Dobzy. We like Dobzy a lot. And his wife, Alex, is back there. Everybody say hi, Alex. Um, Matt Henderson on drums. Everybody say hi, Matt. Our friend Zach on bass. Everybody say, hi, Zach. And I don't know if you know this, but, um, but uh, is that your dad? Is that what you yelled? I like that. Uh, but our cousin, Stephanie, sang with us. Isn't that fun? So you didn't know it, but you're employing my cousin. My very delightful cousin, too. So um, I'm going to step away from the mic. I'm going to grab the wireless mic, if that's okay. I'm going to roam around, and we'll talk together. Okay, good morning. Let's turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter 1, shall we? And what we're going to do is we're going to read this out loud. So I'm going to invite you to help me out. And uh, when I, you know, if you want to volunteer, or I can, we can do a thing called um, being voluntold. That's where I volunteer you. That's called being voluntold. Um, I'll try not to voluntold anybody, uh, but if you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 1. And uh, we're just going to read through this chapter. I'm going to take you through some verses and then just talk to you about a word. I was, I was praying a lot about what I could say, and I could have gone in a bunch of different directions, but I really feel like this is right for this morning. So uh, what I'm going to have you do is just, if, if you're going to volunteer, I'm just going to have you really loud read out five verses at a time. So we'll do five verses, five verses, five verses. really doesn't matter what version you're reading in. Um, I think that by the time we finish here, we'll kind of catch uh, a theme. It has to do with the power of spoken words. These are so huge. So just kind of keep your eye on this as we're reading through it. Does that sound good? Kind of a first volunteer? Great. Here, I'll walk around to you. Okay. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning one day. Okay, who's got the next five verses? Who is that lucky volunteer? Yeah. Great. There you go. Then God said, let the air 
be a space between the waters to separate the waters in the heavens from the waters of the earth. And that is what happened. God made this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heavens. God called the space sky. And evening passed and morning came, marking the second day. Then God said, Let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place, so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. God called the dry ground land, and the waters seas, and God saw that it was good. What a great reading voice. Guacamole. Shimini, who could follow that? Okay, who's got the next five? Oh, is that you? Do you have a hand up? Okay, where? Did I see somebody up here? Oh, good. God spoke, earth, green up. Grow all varieties of seed-bearing plants, every sort of fruit-bearing tree. And there it was, earth-producing green seed-bearing plants, all varieties, and fruit-bearing trees of all sorts. God saw that it was good. And it was evening, and it was morning, day three. God spoke, lights come out, shine in heaven's sky, separate day from night, mark seasons and days and years, lights in heaven's sky to give light to the earth, and there it was. Next five. Ah, yes. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God sent them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. Good. Next five. Who's got it? Okay. Talked him into it. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves, with which the waters abounded according to their kind, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth, each according to its kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Good. Next five. (laughs) Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, the the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. 
Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life, and that is what happened. Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. And and evening passed, and morning came, marking the sixth day. Okay, great. Okay, so what did you notice? What happened at the beginning of every single day? Usually three words. Starts with an and. Yeah, yeah. And God said, right? And God said. Happened at the beginning of every single day. I don't know if you know this, but um, probably in the 90s, there was this uh, scientist named Dr. Carl Baugh. He devoted some of his time to figuring out what atoms are made of. So he's like trying to do all this stuff, trying to figure out what it is. What he discovered was actually kind of fascinating. As he did all of his scientific research and all that stuff, he found that atoms, all molecular, everything, everything that we can uh, feel or taste or touch or whatever, all of it is made out of sound. The chairs you're sitting on, made out of sound. Room you're sitting in, made out of sound. Why in the world does that make sense? Because at the beginning of each day, God said he's going he's gonna to make something happen. Literally, the Bible says, we're going to see this in a second. We're going to turn over to uh, Hebrews chapter 11, and we'll read verses 1 through 3. But it says that everything that was ever created was created by his words. Isn't that weird that scientists figured out that everything that we have is made out of sound? Fascinating. Huh. That's kind of a big deal. Let's check this out. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. It's going to start out talking about faith, which seems fairly pertinent for our talk this morning and, you know, for the worship time and all that stuff that we've already had. Can I have a volunteer for somebody just to read those first three verses? Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. Oh, I saw that. Did you volunteer your mom? You did. (gasps) Wonderful. Good job, man. You did. Yeah, I know she's going to. It's going to be great. faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Okay, did you see that? It said, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Now check this out. This is really important. God uses his word. His words are powerful. And obviously, he is, a, he is the most powerful. So you combine those two together, the overflow of his heart. You know, in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus said, out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks. As a brief aside, if you're ever curious to know what's in your heart, just listen to yourself talk for five minutes, you'll catch it. Because it is going to come out your mouth. Whatever's in there is going to come out. And it's true for us, but it's also true for God because it came from him. So out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth spoke And we have everything that was created, but we also have his word. His word is the overflow of his heart. Those stories, the overflow of his heart, and they have power. I don't know if you know this, but spoken words have tremendous power. Written words have tremendous power. Words in general carry a creative nature to them. 
And God said that the entire world is framed up by his words. If he ever goes back on his word, we're all hosed. Because everything that is made hangs on, was created by his word. Now, let me tell you a couple of quick stories about words that have been powerful, um, you know, uh, at least in my life. And then I'll tell you one other story, too. When I was in uh, ninth grade, I was, I was playing soccer. I just got done with two-a-days. The coach of the varsity club came up and said, hey, I'd like to have you start, except I was talking to your coach growing up, and he told me you were lazy. So if you can prove him wrong, then I'll let you start on my varsity team. I'm in ninth grade, man. I don't know how to interpret that. All I know is I got mad, and I was hurt that my coach, who I thought liked me, growing up would say something like that. And then I, I wondered, did it, was it true? Or was this guy manipulating me? I didn't know the, all the ins and outs. So all I did was I made an internal vow right there. I said, I'm going to prove all those dadgum guys wrong. Every one of them. I put my head down. I worked really hard and I started every game, right? In that moment though, I aligned with the idea that the way you perform in life equals your value. And boy, is that a lie. There's nothing in the kingdom of God that affirms the idea that your performance equals your value as a person. That is false garbage. God doesn't say, if you are really good, then I'm going to call you valuable. And if you're not, I'm going to call you trash. That actually goes in the opposite direction of this basic concept called grace. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's kind of a big deal. Uh, in the kingdom, it means that you get stuff that you don't deserve. You work your head off for it and, you know, in, in the world and there's payment for it. In the kingdom of God, he's like, I've already decided that I like you. So you're just going to have to deal with that. Well, well, I'm an idiot, God. You couldn't like me. Well, I already made up my mind. I just do. And that's kind of an amazing thing. I don't know if you know that. That is a big thing for me at least, right? So in that moment, I aligned with the idea that my performance equaled my value. I spent more than half of my life aligning with that idea. And it had impact, real life impact on my family. A word from a coach impacted more than half of my life. Let me tell you another time. When I was 18 years old, my mom got a bunch of men together uh, on my 18th birthday. And they wrote down a bunch of pieces of paper calling out things that they saw in me. It was kind of a rites of passage thing. It was a really sweet, amazing time. But the most impactful letter I received was from my mom. Out of all those guys, all those wonderful dudes speaking into my life, my mom's was the one that stuck out the most. And she said this, Dave, if you will do two things throughout the course of your life, what you do will be good. Number one, if you pursue humility, your life will be good. Whoa. He said, she said, um, humility is what makes a man a man. It's not the fact that you're big or you're strong or you're small or you can talk nasty. That's not what makes you a man. What makes you a man is humility. Mm. And the second thing she said was, if you'll be teachable your whole life, there will be no stopping you. Humility and teachability. Those words marked me. Those words shaped me. They changed me. So there's two examples. One word was negative, impacted me long term. The second word was very positive. I, I suck at it half the time, but I tried to actually pursue humility and be teachable. And that has had a phenomenal impact on my life. Words are powerful, super powerful. God's words in God's mouth have creative power. But I have news for you. God's words in your mouth have creative power too.
they do. We could sit here and whine and complain about all this stuff. Look, man, look around the room. Seriously, Re- look around the room and realize how weird everybody is. <laughs> we already knew that. Look up here. Realize how weird this skinny guy is. Um, we all have issues. We've all been through tough stuff. All of us have stories. We all got junk. Everybody in the room. Doesn't matter how old. We've all experienced things that have been difficult. We could sit there and whine and complain about that. Well, you know, that garbage that I went through has really marked my life and I can't get past it and all that stuff. No, no. Like, your words have power. As long as you sit there and say that and believe all that stuff, your words are actually framing your world. Just like God's word framed this one. So, right at the beginning of the year, I think it's kind of appropriate to actually start with the beginning chapter of the whole Bible. Root back into the idea that what we say matters. What you say to your spouse matters. What you say to your kids matters. What you say when you're alone matters. It has creative power. What you say about yourself matters. A lot of you guys, when you hang out alone in the car and the radio isn't on, you have what I call self-talk. You sit there and talk to yourself. Some people cuss themselves all the time. You're so stupid. You'll make a turn in traffic, cut somebody off. I'm an idiot. You'll say stuff like that. You'll make internal vows like, I'm always going to struggle with that same thing. I'm always going to be tripped up by that same area. I'm never going to be able to change. That's self-talk. You're just sitting there declaring and framing up your world with your words, spoken or not. That's the internal belief system you're flowing from. Well, what would happen at the beginning of this year if you made an attempt to agree with what God th- thinks about you? Okay, let's, let's pull over to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Somebody read that out. Proverbs 18, 21. Can I have a volunteer? Yes, sir. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who talk, those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Oh, yeah. Can you read it one more time? Because it's so good. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Okay, so that's not just telling people to shut up. That's telling people, hey, you can use your tongue for something good. You can use your tongue to actually build up, strengthen, encourage, bring life to, or you can actually use your tongue to tear down and bring death to people or situations or whatever. Your tongue's a powerful thing. Crazy powerful. Super powerful. So I heard this great definition for humility. If you're taking notes, it's a fabulous one to write down. I I got blown away when I heard this. Humility is when you agree with what God thinks about you. Humility is when you agree with what God thinks about you. Now, I guarantee you, everybody in the room has an opinion about yourself. You've got an opinion about you. Some of it's great. Some of it's really lousy. Some of it God totally agrees with. Other parts he totally disagrees with. Some of the things that you think about yourself. Humility is when you make an effort to believe what God thinks about you. Now, I left out one part. Humility is when you make an effort to agree with what God thinks about you and others. Okay, so I was out a few weeks ago speaking at this church out in the Western Plains, and um, it was a cowboy church, you know what I mean? 
All of these guys, I'd say 95% of them, and they would tell you as much, uh, voted on the Republican side of things. This is just after the election. I'm sitting there going, okay, you know that feeling that you had about your opposing party and all the opinions and thoughts and how you ran your mouth on Facebook and et cetera, et cetera, and, how, and the heated conversations you got in with people and anybody that thinks different than you is a stupid idiot and a moron? <laughs> You remember those conversations we were having just a couple of months ago? What would it be like for the people of God actually to say, you know what, I'm going to put down my opinions about these specific people at the foot of Jesus. Hey, Jesus, what do you think about them? I'll just agree with you. Oh, yeah, you guys don't understand, man. You don't understand. What if the people that burn you the most, that frustrate you the most, that you hate the most, what if you ask God, what do you think about them? And I'll just agree with you. That's called being a follower of Jesus, by the way. I don't know if you know this, but when you signed up to follow Jesus, you gave away your right to be offended. You gave away your right to be unforgiving. You don't have that privilege anymore. When you, gave that to, when you gave your life to Jesus, you surrendered your ability to be a jerk face, to be a bitter, unforgiving jerk. You don't get that privilege anymore. That's not how Jesus' people roll. We are, we are marked. It's, it's like not even an option. Did you notice humility isn't a fruit of the Spirit? It's because it's one of the foundations. That's the, one of the ways you can tell that's a Jesus person because they walk in humility. It's one of our trademarks. It's one of our things. You know what another one is? Forgiveness. You don't have an option. You don't get that option. So following Jesus, at least in the humility side of things, looks like this. Hey, Lord, I got thoughts about me. I got thoughts about others. I'm going to lay down all my thoughts at your feet, and I want to ask, what do you think about me, and what do you think about them? And I'm just going to agree with you. Oof. You didn't know you were signed up for that when you followed Jesus. Like, well, I mean, I kind of want to have my opinions and stuff. No, you can have your opinions. Just lay them down at Jesus' feet. Surrender your opinions to his. His are better than yours. Did you know that God is more kind than you are? And he's more kind to you than you are. We're pretty hard on ourselves. Do you know he is more gracious to you than you are? He's more merciful to you than you are. He's actually good at what he does and who he is. Really good. So this morning, I wanted to just throw out an idea. And I can text you this document if you want. One of the things, uh, so I'm just going to wrap up with this. It'll only be like an hour more. There was this joke, though. Uh, There was this joke. There was a little kid sitting on the front row, and the pastor said, now in closing, and the kid leaned over to his mom and said, what does that mean? And she goes, nothing. Earlier this year, I had the privilege of taking a sabbatical. It was just like an extended time to get uh, our hearts just like in a good place with God again. You know, you just run and run and run and pour out your life and all that stuff. And so um, there's a cool biblical rhythm. The idea of sabbatical is taking a season just to get refreshed in your body, soul, and spirit. So I had the privilege of doing that. It was totally amazing. And one of the things that I came out of that was God said, you know that humility stuff that I was talking to you about, agreeing with what I think about you and agreeing with what I, th- what I think about others? Yeah. 
He goes, I want you to start making a list of the stuff I think about you. So I've got, uh, so I started like taking notes on my phone. And um, I call them my affirmations. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that's the right phrase or the wrong phrase. I don't know. It was just the thing that kind of occurred to me. Um, but every morning I say 57 things. I, I, every morning. I try every morning to say 57 things that God thinks about me. Why 57? I don't know. Did I get them all at one time? No. It's like a total, it's a building thing. I say some things in here that during my sabbatical, my mom actually wrote me a, a note. or Actually, she tore out a page out of her journal from 1988. She'd been praying a verse over me almost every day since 1988. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, she sent it to me right in the middle of the sabbatical. And that verse I say over myself every day. I'm an oak of righteousness. My roots grow deep. I'm the planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. Nobody else's, not mine, not somebody else's, for the display of His splendor. Say it over myself every day. Now, there's some things on this list that I totally disagree with. And it's... <laughs> Because God actually thinks some stuff about me that I sometimes disagree with. And it takes a while to be like, okay, I'm going to say it. I don't mean it right now, but I'm going to say it because words are powerful and they frame up our worlds. Now, I'm not talking about the blab it, grab it, name it, claim it type of idea. I'm talking about the power of words. Words are really powerful. You've been influenced by positive and negative words. So have I. So everybody's equal in that, right? So what happens when we leverage our voice and the power of our voices to start intentionally framing up our worlds? It's a powerful thing, right? This isn't like a religion thing. This isn't like a, hey, go grab your list of 50 things and say it every day and God will like you more. That's That's not what this is. This isn't a performance thing. This isn't a rub the genie bottle thing and you kind of get your wishes thing. It's a friendship thing. You're just making an effort. You're saying, whatever you think about me, I'm going to agree. Even if I disagree right now, I'm going to make an effort to agree. My best shot. So some of the things I I don't really uh, agree with on here, but I know that they're true. And then I just kind of went through the Bible and found a bunch of verses that talks about like who I am in Jesus. It's like this one right here. Um, In in, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, it says, I'm a new creation in Jesus. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Acts 17, I live and move and have my being in Jesus. So I've I've got like some verses. Proverbs 3 um, says that God will give me favor and a good name with God and people if I bind love and faithfulness to my neck and my heart. So every morning I'm sitting there going, whether I'm in the mood or not, I'm going to bind love and faithfulness to my neck and heart. I want favor and a good name with God and people. Does that make sense? So here's the thing. I've got this list um, that I can forward to you. You can post it up on the Facebook page or you can email everybody or whatever. But here's what I want to invite you to do. What if you just kind of comb through this list? I think it's 16 pages of verses that God thinks about you. It's kind of a big deal. What if over the next week, you just kind of perused through this stuff and whatever kind of jumped off the page, what if you set it apart for a note on your, as a, as a note on your phone or wherever you do your note stuff, post it up on your uh, mirror in the bathroom or something like that. And um, what, what if you just practiced agreeing with what God thought about you? Don't forget the others part. That's kind of a, a key part. Uh, you know, to be like, well, I'm just going to agree with 
try to agree with what he thinks about me, but everybody else is an idiot, you know? Like, you actually want to make an effort to agree with what God thinks about people, especially the ones that drive you nuts. That's where some real maturity comes in. So, um, would any of you be down to try this experiment with me? Cool. Just kind of a practical thing, a new rhythm. I, you don't have to, like, do this. <laughs> I'm not going to make you, and obviously I'm not going to be back next week to check on you or something. But if God's stirring something in you, like, you know what? I've been cussing myself, and I think it's time for me to start framing up my world intentionally by agreeing with what God thinks about me. I've been cussing other people out loud or quietly. I think it's time for me to lay that down and start to agree with what God thinks about them. Because my opinion about them is not the final word. So anyway, I'm just going to pray for you, speak a blessing over you, and uh, get you out, out the door. Sound good? Oh, you want me to keep going? Oh, fabulous. I got more material, you guys. I'm just kidding. Let's pray. Jesus, thanks for this great community of people. Thanks uh, for the emphasis that you put on faith. Not the uh, churchy religious faith, the actual for real trusting you. In the middle of difficult situations, going, hey, I trust you, God. Thanks for the power of spoken words. And thanks for that discovery in the 90s about how the, the atoms and all that stuff are made out of sound. That's amazing. Since you spoke everything into existence, that's kind of like mind-blowing. Lord, I want to um, ask that for those of the, us that uh, this message kind of hit their hearts, I want to ask that you would help them find verses that you really think about them. And whether they agree with it now or not, that they would just over and over and over again frame up that world that I agree with what God thinks about me. I'm not a loser. I'm not a moron. I'm not an idiot. I'm not a failure. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. I'm a new creation. I live and move and have my being in Jesus. I'm an oak of righteousness. So Lord, I just speak a blessing over these people. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, cause his countenance to rise on you and give you peace in your bodies, your souls, your spirits, your relationships, your finances, everything about you, top to bottom. Peace to you. Nothing missing, nothing broken. In Jesus' name, amen.